you as a as an individual can come in here and we will spend the first week finding out about you who are you what do you like what don't you like um, all, all sorts of things about you so that we can then start to to help you to learn the things that would make you be able to lead a good life mm -hmm. so we say that the school is about basically testing children um, in an enforced environment uh, for the purposes of basically passing tests our interest is in assisting young people to learn so that they can lead a good life and mm -hmm. that um, the school is about uh, if you like a culture of tests and we're saying we're interested in how you deal with the tests of life not a, a mm. regime of tests this is the agentic schools podcast where you will learn about schools from around the world where children's agency to make decisions about their learning and living is more important than their academic skills. I'm your host, Don Berg. All right. Hello and welcome. Um, we are here with Ian Cunningham of SML College. Uh, Ian, why don't you give us a little bit uh, about where you are and, and, and SML College? Okay, well, I'm on the south coast of England, county of Sussex, just outside the city of Brighton and Hove. Um, my sunny day here. Uh, I'm in my home office, not in the college. Uh, it's our vacation time, uh, but in any case, it's a uh, Saturday and I wouldn't normally be in, although I'm in college tomorrow. Uh, we're, um, we call ourselves a college to avoid using the word school because if we uh, made ourselves a school, we would have government inspectors, namely the Ofsted Office of Standards in Education um, on our backs and demanding that we had a curriculum and did all the sort of thing, the school things. So we um, are uh, committed to a self-managed learning approach, which means that we operate as a democratic learning community. There is no imposed curriculum, there are no classrooms, there's no imposed timetable. Uh, we work as a community to decide on how to spend our time and individuals are free to learn anything they want with the only rule being uh, you're not allowed to interfere with other people's learning. Mm -hmm. Right on. So uh, what is the age range that uh, SML College serves? 9 to 17. I mean, 16 normally, but if someone wants to stay on a bit, that's fine. Um, and so we take from uh, nine-year-olds, but people enter 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And and you said you don't have classrooms. But do you have a, a, a like campus or a facility that you work out of? Yeah, um, we've just uh, rented a, a previous uh, small, what we call a primary school over here. Um, and uh, it was being allowed to go to waste and we managed to get it from the local council. Um, so we have, uh, what we do is to run parallel programs we have one in the morning and one in the afternoon so mm. there'll be i think in september there'll be about 37 in each um, oh, okay. and the reason for this is because if we do more hours then we'd have to register as a school and if we register as a school we'd be closed down because we don't have a curriculum and we don't have teachers and we don't have all the things that school is supposed to have so we're kind of it's a catch-22 if you like um, right so so you're uh... It sounds like you're you're operating within a very particular um, uh, regime of, uh, of of how the government views mm. school, how they view education. 
um, and that you're sort of fitting yourself in in a way. Now, are, are the are the kids coming? Since so you have you said you have two different programs, so are the kids considered sort of homeschoolers, and you're a resource for them? Is that the kind of like is that where you fit in, or yeah, how does that work? Yes, the the, the government and the local authorities tend to say this is home education. Okay. However, in English law, there are, there are two options. You go to school or you go do otherwise. So we are otherwise in law. Uh, um, and um, the tricky bit has been, uh, well, it's, it's tricky for the government, great for us, is otherwise is not specified in law. Um, mm. But school is specified in law. So therefore, if you call yourself a school, you have to register. And it's a criminal offence. So you can get put in jail if you, if you open a school illegally. Um, Whereas we're saying, well, we're other than school. And yeah. the nice thing when we have the arguments is that the law doesn't say school is preferable. The law just says there's two options. And, law, okay. and, and people assume that school is the default, but actually in English law, it isn't. The, 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 the two modes of school or otherwise have equal status. Nice, nice. Okay. And, and when, when um, a family encounters you, could be the kids, could be the parents, um, like if they're, if they're completely naive to what you're up to, how do you describe it to them? Well, pretty, pretty simply, really. Um, uh, students come to us either because they've been home educated and uh, then uh, they want somewhere, or their parents want somewhere where they're in a community where there's a social engagement that they might not have had. But a majority come from school. So obviously we have to say, look, we're interested in you taking charge of your own learning. But actually you do that anyway, uh, but not always very well. In school, for instance, uh, at the moment, out of 9 million uh, school children in the UK, 1.6 million do not attend regularly. In other words, they're, mm -hmm. they're managing their own education by just choosing not to go to school most of the time. <laughs> and for some of them, in uh, you know, when you get to age 15 or 16, and in some of the poorer areas, the classes are about 50% attendance uh, on an average day. So they're already people are already choosing to do something else. So we're saying, right. but why not make a good choice? Uh, why not <laughs> take charge of your own learning? Why don't you? Because we know that from all the research that people who take charge of their own learning and learn well um, have happier, more productive and useful lives. If you do what the state tells you, um, it's less so. So that mm -hmm. um, you as, a, as an individual can come in here and we will spend the first week finding out about you. Who are you? What do you like? What don't you like? Um, all, all sorts of things about you so that we can then start to, to help you to learn the things that would make you be able to lead a good life. So mm -hmm. we say that the school is about basically testing children um, in an enforced environment uh, for the purposes of basically passing tests. Our interest is in assisting young people to learn so that they can lead a good life. And that mm -hmm. um, the school is about, uh, if you like, a culture of tests. And we're saying we're interested in how you deal with the tests of life, not a, a mm. regime of tests. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So um, in, in terms of, um, so, so you've got nine to, to 17 ish. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so, and, and you said there was just the one rule of, of, uh, how did you say it? The one rule? 
Well, it's it's the main rule. There are then subsidiaries that the, the 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 community will agree on. But the main rule is is that you can learn anything you like, literally anything you like, so long as you don't interfere with the learning of other people. Right. If you're right. in a community, it's about you know you all have right you have a right to ask for anything you like, literally mm. anything. Uh, but you don't have a right to stop somebody else achieving what they want to achieve in their lives. Um, and that's why we have laws about uh, murder, about theft, right, about right. all sorts of things. You know, it's because they interfere with individual rights. So we want to protect the rights of each individual to be able to live as they wish to live. Mm -hmm. And so when when conflicts occur, how do you how is the, the like when things like that happen? What how do you handle it? Or how is it usually handled? So there's, there's, there's three levels. Of, uh, work. First of all, it can be worked out informally. Often the community is very good yeah. at that. Um, one of the things we do, for instance, someone wants to join our community, is that they come for a week's trial. Mm. And uh, just at the, the in the summer, the end of term, before the vacation, we had a boy who came and he was being insulting to this girl. Um, mm. And the other girls just turned around and said, look, you just don't do that here. You're not allowed to do that please desist, and etc. And he, in the end, stopped doing it. But they said, you know, you, you don't do that here. You may have done that in your school, um, uh, and you think it's banter, but it isn't banter, um, and you just don't do it. And and it mm -hmm. was sorted by the girls, because I was right one of the adults, we call them learning advisors, was was there and just said what a great job the girls had done in, in, in stopping this boy being insulting to somebody. Um, but, as the, but that may not work. So the second level is, is a restorative justice approach. Mm. Uh, sit down with, with two people and, and try to work it out. And the third stage, which is rare, is a judicial committee. And we mm. have one staff member and two students on a committee and they will investigate any case and, and, then, um, uh, and they need to come to a consensus. If they don't, mm. it has to refer back to the community meeting. But if they can reach a consensus, then that's reported to the community that um, there's been a consensus about what should happen about that incident. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and the, the, the Judicial Committee has the full uh, rights uh, in the community so long as, as to say, it can reach a consensus. Mm -hmm. So so does the, the committee recommend action that is then implemented by the whole community or is it more of a, like, here's what's going to happen? Yeah, they, 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 well, they recommend something to the individual. So, oh, I see. Um, um, uh, the only time the Judicial Committee met in the last year was um, a boy who had actually been sent by a school. We do get some children who, who the school pays for to come to us, and it was a kind of last Ooh. resort. Yeah, and yeah. we knew that he'd, he'd had a difficult time and that he could be difficult. Um, and, that, that, and there had been restorative justice processes, and in the end, the judicial committee said, "Well, look, you, this is what you have to do. You have to show each day that you're you're going by the rules." And um, he didn't. So the the committee said, "Well, he has to leave. That he has to go back to school. It's not being excluded from education. He has a school place, and he can go back to school because um, he clearly doesn't want to be within this community." Um, right. That's the only one case in in the last probably about eighteen months. Mm, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that y you mentioned, and 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 this falls within sort of the the definition of school that that you're you know working within, is the the idea that there's not a curriculum. Um, 
would it be fair to say that it's it's be, might be also described as more of an emergent curriculum, something that comes from the students rather than a lack entirely? Yes, they they come up with what they want to learn. So we yeah. will have um, over seventy students, and there'll be seventy curricula if you like. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, they what we what we do in the first week is to ask them a series of questions to help ah. them to formulate this. So we say, first of all, where have you been? What's been your past experience in your life mm. and in education? And a lot of them have had bad experiences. But we we need to know this because anyone today is a hundred percent result of the past. So if they're, for instance, resistant to doing things, you know, for instance, it's quite common for for um, a nine-year-old to say, I'm no good at maths mm, right. because they've been badly taught and they, they, they've uh, perhaps missed the lessons and maths is hierarchical. So if you miss a few lessons and you're not being helped to catch up, then you don't catch up ever. Um, so so they will, So we then want to question where, where they are in maths or art or anything, music, all of these things that they've been told by somebody that they're no good at. And we have to mm. question that. Um, it, it, it's interesting that this, this, the young people that come from schools are more likely to have a negative uh, view of themselves if we ask them right. about, about their past experience. And, if, and then the second question is, well, where, where are you now? What kind of person are you? What things you care about, the, your values? And what do you believe in? You know, what do you hold to be true? Um, about the world and about yourself and try to help them to explore that and this is done within a group of a maximum of six students and one of mm. the team um uh one of the learning advisors so um uh and then we say the third question is well where do you want to get to in life who do you want to be what kind mm. of things you like to do some people that may be career but uh, for the older students but for younger ones it may well be just oh i'd like to learn this Classic being, I don't know. They want, I want to improve coding, or, or I'm making a computer game, but I need some help to make it better. So, okay. <laughs> so they they might just have a shorter term goals, but the older students, because of the narrowness of the English educational system, have got to make choices about uh, exams, public exams that they're going to take, mm. and what that mm. might mean in terms of their future life. So obviously, we try to help them to think more broadly. You know, what life do you want to lead? It's a really right. basic question. What is it, you know, when you leave here or when you finish your education, whenever that might be, um, who would you be? What kind of things would you be doing? Uh, mm. What's going to matter to you? And, and initially people find that uh, too open almost, you know, but then you <laughs> then question it. Well, would you, would you like to be in a family? Okay. Would you like to live in a house? You know, and those students mm. uh, not lived in a house <laughs> and, and they, they think, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, uh, would you like money or do you, do you not care about money uh, and so on so prodding them to think and we, and we don't necessarily expect them to come up with good answers what we're trying to do is right. what the education system calls metacognition it's not just that they're thinking but they're thinking about what they're thinking about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that they focus attention on uh, what matters to them as opposed to in school what matters is what the teacher wants to teach this, the child in our place right. it's not um, you've got to start with the individual learner. So we go, where have you been? Where are you now? Where do you want to get to? And how will you know mm. if you've arrived at where you want to get to? Which is making judgments about yourself because self-assessment and self-judgments are crucial in life. You know, how do you choose mm -hmm. a career to join to if you don't make a self-assessment of yourself? And so many people make the wrong choices about career because they don't know how to, they don't know themselves. 
to, mm -hmm. to make those mm -hmm. choices. So we know that they're not going to do a great job necessarily, especially the younger ones. Uh, some people do, but most most still struggle with that, and that's okay because we're going well. That's we'll continue to work on this. You know, each term we can revisit these um, uh, factors, um, uh, but we try to get them to write it down, mm. and again emphasize. You're not, it's not like a school. You're not writing it up, doing an essay. It right, right. Notes, it could be you dictate it, it could be you draw pictures, it could be all sorts of ways you want to express. This is who I am, this is what I want to, to achieve in life, this is how I'm going to achieve it, and this is how I've achieved it. And so uh, that's the whole first week. And, and I think that mm. the, the analogy I've sometimes used is like if you're going to uh, a doctor and you walk in and the doctor says, uh, just take two of these pills twice a day and if you're not feeling better in two weeks time come back and you go mm -hmm. what don't you want to know about me don't you want to know what's what i need right. <laughs> uh, well it's the same in education you know teachers do that they're basically saying we know what you need we haven't bothered to ask you we're just going to tell you and we've come to a conclusion about what you need even though you may not like the conclusion we've come to mm -hmm. yeah um yeah it's so interesting there is a um here in, so I'm in Oregon in the USA, um, and there's a um, woman that started a, she was a college professor, and and she um, realized that, you know, she was, she had this, uh, I, I don't know if it was a capstone, but she was dealing with seniors pretty regularly, and, and, and she would ask them, what do you want to do after, after you're done here? And so many of them were like, I hadn't even thought about that yet. And she thought it was so absurd that nobody asked them about those questions. Uh, so she actually ended up starting her own program. It is now, unfortunately, the, the uh, transformed and is no longer offering the, the kind of central. They, they were they because of the regulatory environment started a, a, a what we would call a community college. Um, but basically, it was just a, a program um, that were in which they could get an associate's degree in self and society, which basically is just ask, ans asking and answering those questions that you're talking about. Um, just because it's just a, a, a gaping hole in, in the way our system works um, is it, it just that, is you're told what to do, you get the diploma, and for people, and this was true for me, it's like you get the high school diploma and then you just go on to the college and that's just what you do. Um, and there's no interrogation of who am I what am I good at? What should I be doing? What do I want to do? Um, so she started a whole program for that. And, and unfortunately, it has since uh, gone by the wayside because of, you know, dynamics in society. But um, but yeah, it's really uh, an interesting thing how rarely children are a, a, of any age are asked rather than told. Um, so so um, Tell me a little bit about like like um, you, how long have you been doing this? The the college has been going twenty two years. Um, the oh, approach predates the, the college in that we, I worked mainly in the adult world. I worked in the business world a lot. I was uh, chief executive of a small business school, and and um, we were using the self managed learning approach um, with organisations, and it works a dream. I mean, it's it's very easy to go into right, a company right. and say, "How do you like?" this place to work better and they go yeah and they're going well 
people here if the people were better at what they did would that be a good thing yeah well and the only way people change really is through learning so let's look at how they learn and here's the research which shows that um, school college training course universities etc contribute at most 10 to 20 percent of what makes a person effective in their work and most of mm. what they learn is all through other things so why don't we pay attention to these and most of them are free so let's just stop spending all this money on training and think of mm. a, a more effective ways that people can learn and that's a very easy sell in a in a business <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, you know, like, yeah absolutely this is this sounds great it's just what we want we want and we want people who are more self-managing more creative more able to get on with other people uh innovative uh, self self-managing people that's what businesses want and so it, right, right it was not difficult but uh, you know i got persuaded to do some work with young people and so we ended up setting up the college right on right on and <clears throat> so when you when you think about your your program um t tell me a little bit about like like some of the one uh you know think of think of tell me a story basically um of of some of the you know a, a kid there or, or someone who has gone through your program um that really um um you know shines that really really uh you know stands out as somebody who really took advantage of what you had to offer yeah, well, a good example, and I can mention the, the name because she has been in the local newspaper, uh, Coco. Mm. Um, she um, came to at age 13 um, with a diagnosis of ADHD and dyslexia. She was pretty much kind of eased out of school because they said, well, she just doodles all the time and she doesn't seem to be learning very much. Um, and when she came for uh, most of the first year, um, because of her ADHD, she kind of sat on the sofa and often annoyed people, but wanted, you know, wanted to talk to people. Um, and she made little models out of, out of plasticine. Um, and she uh, doodled a bit, and that was about it. And, and, and some of the staff were going, well, well you know, uh, what's she doing? <laughs> you know, what help can we give her? And I'm just going, well, let's be patient and see what happens. So when she was 15, she published uh, a graphic novel that was sold mm. really well. The publishers couldn't believe a 15-year-old girl had produced it. Um, <laughs> she, um, she also did, we, you know, we have these public exams at the age of 16 called the General Certificate of Secondary Education, GCSE. Mm. So she decided to do law. Uh, no mm. idea why, because I didn't really work with her. Um, and, and she explained that, you know, law because it it's very literal yeah. and you're thinking well doing art and things and she was fine at that but, and she said oh well i learn visually so she was creating uh, little stick men in, in the mm. english system you have barristers and solicitors and they're two different roles in law and and she was able she did speech bubbles as a way of, of, of learning mm. but, also, but i was asking her about well how are you learning this? And she was saying, I was just reading the book because basically law, this textbooks, it's, it's, if you know how to manage your own learning, you can read it and you can do it. But I said, yeah. well, would you like to meet a lawyer? So she said, yes. So we brought in someone as a lawyer and they chatted the whole morning and one or two of the other students joined in and they talked about law, things that I didn't know about. Um, and then I said, well, would you like to see law in action? And, and she was 15. So you're allowed if you're over 14 to go in in what's called the magistrate's court so this is a court where they um 
offences are um, serious, but they're not, um, you know, you don't have murder or anything like that. Right. You go to a higher court. So if you're over the age of 14, you can go in to, uh, to observe in the gallery. Um, and so uh, we, she said, yeah, that'd be great. So we went along to the, the, the local court and sat there and watched courts. And I said, that, that's what the lawyers are doing. And now this is, this is the role of the clerk and this is the role of various people. And you could see how the law works. And, um, and you, you would have some quite nice juicy trials of assault, uh, lots of you know, people done a lot of uh, burglaring and, and et cetera. So, um, you know, real cases that are, and you could see how the law operates. Um, now the interesting there is, of course, what we do is an offer. I mean, we she was she had a goal to get the law mm-hmm. GCSE. My role is then to say, here's another way of learning it. Maybe you talk to a lawyer, and she had the right to say yes or no. Right. Um, right. You could say no, I'm not interested. I just want to learn out the book, or we can go on to this law court and see this. And she had the right to say no. I'm quite happy with what I'm doing, or I want to do something else. And so, but she set the goal. So I know where she is, which is you know, when she started, she didn't know very much about the law. Where she ended was she passed the exam. She actually passed not a high grade, but you know, passed. Um, and uh, that's pretty much how it works a lot of the time. Is is you know we we uh, we have some formal structures if you like, like like um, uh, what we call a learning group, where where the, the, the six students of a similar age will negotiate what they're working on, their goals, and mm. achieving them, but. A lot of it is within the community, people just chatting and you know, finding out about things to, to engaging with. And obviously we adults play a key role. In, I mean, I needed to be there to be able to offer those options. Right. So I have a role, but it's a role as an offering and, then, and mm-hmm. a support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It reminds me, um, I was... Uh, I. I volunteered and uh, at uh, the village free school uh for a while uh did some research there and then uh, anyway there was this one time we were out um visiting no wait this was yeah yeah it was it was village free school so we were we were visiting a courthouse here and um and the, and the kids in my in the group that I was leading around were uh probably younger you know I don't think any of them were teenagers, so it was uh, probably in that <clears throat> nine to twelve, eight to twelve range, age range. Um, and it was really fascinating because you know school groups go around courthouses all the time. In fact, the reason we were there was because it was a day designated for school groups to be in the courthouse and and do a you know various things. So we we go in and and <clears throat> this one judge decided to you know like ask about the uh schools you know like what school are you from and stuff so uh so one of my one of the kids gets called on and and you know she's the word village free school and, and says wait, wait free you know like she didn't understand so <clears throat> when the uh when she described what we how we are how the school operates you know we get to do whatever we want <laughs> was what she said and the uh you know the judge just didn't didn't understand um and didn't think that was a good idea, but uh, but you know nothing she do that. Uh, anyway, later a little later on, <clears throat> we're uh, we were actually kind of thinking we were done with the court uh, house for the day, and so we were looking for a way out. And and it was the the particular courthouse was a very old courthouse uh, for for Americans anyway, built in the eighteen 
no, uh, 1920s, I think. Um, a little bit older building. So we find this staircase, and we're just going down this staircase, and and in walks this person, and he looks up at us from below and says, uh, "You you don't know where you're going, do you?" <laughs> and we're like, "No, we don't." And he said, "Oh well, you know, this is how you get out." And they, but but would you like to see a judge's chambers? <laughs> and we're like, "Oh great." <laughs> um, so so we it turns out we ran into a judge on the stairs and and were invited into the judge's chambers and got to see the courtroom, which is nothing any other school group got to do because you know we were kind of going around on our own and and outside of it also was a smaller group than most schools were were doing uh, and you know he judged the size of the group to be reasonable, but it's those opportunities like that of just being in the community and and available for opportunities to arise um and then and then taking advantage of them you know and that just happened to be in a in a courthouse um very cool very cool mm. um so so is there like what is your like you said you know uh kids come to you they may have experiences and even labels from the regular school system um uh, what is what is your kind of relationship to those kinds of labels and things? Is that something that that you pay particular attention to, or how do you deal with with those things? Well, there's the saying that if you've met one autistic child, you've met just one autistic child. Um, you know that, <laughs> that uh, autism, as as we know, is a growing uh, diagnostic label, uh, and um, of course, they they vary. Um, so we, mm. we we do give opportunities for people who've got a label, but also to explain what it is that they may have a problem with, like uh, loud noises, maybe mm. uh, an issue for some, or just a place being overly hectic. So then it's about talking with them about what how they manage that, but also raise things within the community. You know that that. Mm. Um, how do we deal with, for instance, uh, loud noise? You know, one of the issues we have a lot of students interested in music, and um, uh, we've got a drum kit, and so we've just mm. moved into this building, and we we're, we built a soundproof recording studio so that the drum kit can be in there, because nice. clearly uh, it's especially the bass drummers, you know, that that can do, mm. you know, and it uh, if people are passing the music room and the bass drum is being really thumped as as teenagers do. Um, that's not pleasant. So, so, um, so we can make accommodation within the within the building, but also it's about individuals knowing. You know, if you're right. this person doesn't deal very well with loud noise, then don't go shouting at them. You know, because it's right. <laughs> it's unpleasant for you, but it's more it's painful for them. You know, and and mm. and and the, um, and so one of the important things in community, of course, is that both sides. You know, so someone who's on the autistic spectrum, learning that they can ask and that they can get things that they need, but also for people who are neurotypical to understand someone who is in the neurodiverse right. area. It, it's really important that we understand how people are different and uh, how we accommodate those things. So it's back to the, you know, the, the community is really important. We have a community mm. meeting first thing uh, and last thing in a session, first thing in the morning, mm. last thing in the morning, same in the afternoon. Uh, yep. Every day, mm -hmm. uh, because we think that's important. Now, sometimes those meetings are quite short, especially at the end of the morning or end of the afternoon. And maybe just ten minutes, five or ten minutes. There's been some issue, or people just want to say something. 
um, first thing in the morning, there may be, you know, long, sometimes there's longer discussions needed around some of these different uh, issues of difference and how we how we address difference as a community. Yeah, yeah. And and how many adults are in the space? Well, usually have four, five, six. I mean, it, uh, around um, and uh, but that's someone who's an administrator and then someone who's more full time. Uh, and others that come in to do sessions. So, um, you know, we, we, I mean, we're keen to have a variety of resources, but obviously we're small, so we can't have um, you know, someone to cover the whole spectrum of the curriculum in a, in a school every day. So we, right. so someone doing music will be in uh, perhaps two or three days a week. Someone doing art will be in two or three days a week. Same with computing, uh, the IT side. But what, of course, the role of the adults is to help them to learn to use particular tools. So in the computer right. room, uh, Zach, who's our, our guy doing that, will help people to learn to use particular pieces of software so they can go off and do the projects. And then, you know, he'll leave them and, and, and be back, you know, uh, he's, he's usually in Thursday, Friday each, each week. And so he'll work with them on showing them a new piece of software, for instance. So they've said, mm -hmm. well, using Scratch now, I want to use Blender and doing animation, yeah. whatever. So he, he uh, same in art, you know, the, the, um, Liz, who, who uh, incidentally, Liz is our art learning advisor is on the autistic spectrum. Uh, and she, and she um, models how you work in that way, but also, again, helps people just learn tools and techniques. Um, if somebody's wanting to do photography or they want to make a, we had a ball last year. We, we, we decided not to follow the American model of a, of a prom, but to have a ball. Mm. So the yeah. girls made ball dresses and she was having mm. to help them about how you sew and how you make a ball dress. Some of them were quite elaborate, um, nice. uh, but again, they could carry on doing that when she's not there. You know, so, so but, yeah. but there'll be other adults around always. So there's always adults in the building who can help, but not necessarily with precise techniques like sewing a ball dress but 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 this would be in three days a week you know so she can, she can... Mm -hmm. interesting um so do you see at the sml college as as a model that you'd like to grow and replicate or is it something like how do you see the moving forward kind of in the future do you, is it sort of something that is great for your community and and it'll you know, forever be there, or is it something that, that you see as a replicable possible model? Uh, we very much being called upon to, to and, and it's interesting because in in England, because of the constraints we have, it's quite difficult, and we are helping other people to set up other centres around the, mm. the country. But I've worked in a number of countries, uh, I mean, Finland and Sweden are both very uh open places where i've worked uh in in um british columbia uh north vancouver mm. school district yeah. and the house school I did some work with them or in puerto rico with the escuela nuevo so and join them some of the tools and techniques in fact the how i got involved with working with schools was because at the international democratic education conference in the uk i think it was 1999 something like that Mm. Um, uh, and um, Yaakov Hecht from from Institute for Democratic Education in Israel was there, heard me talk about self-wise learning and said, maybe you'd like to come to Israel because we think the democratic schools could learn something from this. So I ended up spending a couple of weeks mm. uh, going to schools and doing some workshops and showing people the kind of approaches we used and then right. ended up back in my 
city saying, well, this is a bit crazy. I'm not doing anything in my own town, you know, and I've been helping people in Israel. So, um, so I've worked in a number of countries and just sharing the, if you like, the methodology and the, and the mm -hmm. processes we use, like the use of a learning group, like the use of these five questions and what we write it up into something called a learning agreement, um, mm -hmm. how we make the communities work, um, the role of, of, of staff, you know, where there's, uh, different roles. What the role that I play with a learning group is that my job is to, is to learn about all those people as whole people, but, but I'm not there right. to help them to learn specifics. You know, I will be in a group and somebody's going, I want to learn to make a ball dress. Well, I don't know how to do that, but I'll go, okay. <laughs> um, what do you want to do? What resources do you need? And then, well, you know, then you can go and book a session with Liz who, who, who does that. So, so there's, there's a different role uh, for us of how you understand this person as a whole person. And then there's right. a group of people who may have an expertise that they can offer. That means that they, they need to know the person, but they don't need to know everything about the person. Right. And I need to know everything that's going to impact on their learning. So, mm -hmm. so as, as my role as a learning group advisor, to, to, to take the title, is, is to understand those human beings as whole human beings and to understand the problems they have and the ways of thinking that they have and, and all the diagnostic labels that you, you, you've alluded right. to. Uh, I need to know all that so that I can then int interact with others within the community, other adults in the community where they can offer something to, to people that I'm working with. But, but my role is, is not to be helping them to learn anything particularly except about themselves, right. which is the most important thing to learn, of course, but that they're learning about themselves in the group and learning what they want to learn. But I'm not the one who's helping them to learn that because I've got to go out and grab somebody. I don't know anything about software. Right. <laughs> I'll go to Zach and say, this student wants to learn how to use Blender. So Zach will know precisely what that means. So he can engage with that young person. And it's not my job to do it, it's his. Right. And, so and that methodology is right. spread into other countries. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm curious about, um, so you have the advisor role and sort of expert in, in you know, somebody who can, in, can share expertise in mm. that advisor role. Um, you know, is that, how is it, what, or what do you look for when you're, when you're kind of hiring someone into your program to fill that role? Um, is that a challenge? Is that something that, that like you can find the right people pretty easily or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, it's, it's not easy, um, but we have a pretty rigorous uh, selection process. So there'll be mm. somebody's applying, they'll be interviewed by the adult team. They'll also be interviewed by students. And mm. also most importantly, what we do is to put, give them a one-to-one -one session with a student that they've never met and say, okay, you've, you've got half an hour with this person. How are you going to help them with something? Mm. And, uh, it's their job then to to do the stuff that I'm talking about. You know, like um, I often say that my role as a learning group advisor is to ask questions because I don't know the answers to any of them. I'm asking the person, you know, who are you? What do you like to do? Uh, what, what, you know, you, you didn't do that. What was the problem? Um, mm. Whereas a school teacher, of course, asks questions because they know the answer because you're testing right. them. So, so um, often school teachers are the worst ones for this, this role and they have to, a lot to unlearn because they're used to just simple things like that, you know, and, and mm -hmm. getting used to the notion you ask questions of this young person because you don't know the answer. 
they know the answers or they but they may not be able to articulate it very well and you may have to help them to articulate it but your role is to get from them mm. so that you so that the community as a whole can be helpful to that person right right yeah interesting yeah it it's um it's interesting how how school has this effect both on the students and the teachers um, that then can be counterproductive in this kind of environment. Um, you know, that they learn patterns of, of ways of being that kind of aren't necessarily compatible with, with the, uh, you know, the show is called agentic school. So it's really about, you know, how do we facilitate that agency? And it's interesting and it, it speaks to the challenges of the school system that, that in fact there is this uh, these patterns that are counterproductive to being an agent of your own learning. Um, and in the case of the, uh, uh, <clears throat> pardon the adults, you know, being an agent of the school to facilitate learning. And in fact, there's, a, you know, they think of themselves as, as teachers, but they're, you know, actually engaging in counterproductive, in, in patterns that are counterproductive to the learning, which is truly the center of what has to be going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with, really... and, and that agentic approach, which I absolutely agree with, uh, having looked at some of your stuff, and uh, and, and and a good example was uh, of a teacher who would uh, be a biology teacher in school, but very liberal-minded, and and he joined our team, and he he uh, we are in a community meeting, and he said, well, "I've got." This meeting at 10 o'clock with a student to, to look at e e theory of evolution you know and then he said to this boy and you book some time with me at 10 30 to do something else he said but would you like to it, it would be better if you came at 10 because then we can have a whole hour or so on theory of evolution and uh, you know it's the most important theory in biology and etc and the boy said no i'm happy with seeing you at 10 30 thank you very much and he learned immediately that that by having these structures and processes in place, you actually stop some of that imposition. You know, the, the, the boy right. said, no, I might want to have a theory of evolution sometime, but right now what I want is nice session with you at 10.30 on what I want. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that that's really, the uh, you know, engaging that level of like oh do i want that you know and and then and then having the freedom to say yes or no um and and being clear um which is so so interesting <laughs> um so i i think i i we i think this has been a fabulous conversation i really appreciate your sharing about the sml college and 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 the approaches that you bring um, where would people be able to find you if you if they wanted to look things up uh, to look you up? Well, uh, they can email. It's Ian I A N at smlcollege.org.uk. Um, we have a website uh, for self-managed learning college. Um, uh, there's a book, self-managed learning and new educational paradigm that I did a couple of years ago. The last nice. book I did actually was on leadership development because I still engage with that business world um, and I'm also happy to send people uh, free articles uh, there's also I've got a, a sheet with the different films about about our work including the work we've done in schools um, where no. we've managed to go into a school on a no negotiation basis we say we will come in we'll run the groups the groups will create their own rules and they'll learn whatever they want and some schools where they're desperate allow us in 
So I, I, I can send people uh, links just for those uh, movies um, and, Great. Um, uh, and and free articles and papers, whatever. Um, you can just take an email me, ian, I-A-N, at smlcollege.org.uk. And that would be the website as well, right? Uh, smlcollege.org.uk? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, great. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording now.